0: This is Mainspring Family Wellness where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing
1: both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us
0: reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm
1: Dr. Jenna Flowers a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three.
0: Welcome to Mainspring Family Wellness, podcast number three. How can we teach our kids how to be more respectful and grateful? I mean, this is such a loaded conversation. I feel like we might need to make this a two-part. Yeah, I think it is a two-parter, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that respect and gratitude are um, my biggest desires for my own children. And, you know, one of my biggest gripes with them, I I feel like they're not as respectful. Kids in general aren't as respectful to their parents and their elders as uh, previous generations have been. And also the expectations that kids have, um, that my kids have, is, is very frustrating uh, for example, having snacks readily available at at any given moment in your car. <laughs> the minute they get home from school, where's my where's my meal? Um, or you know, my kids constantly asking when they when they get off the bus or get home from school if if I can take them to Starbucks. It's just kind of like that's just how it should be. I should have a snack ready and I should be ready to go through the Starbucks drive-through <laughs> at any given day. Um, which, by the way, isn't a very expensive habit. Yes. In, in <laughs> fact,
1: I have a story for you on that one. Okay. Um, I will admit on Tuesdays, because it's the one day I, I have to pick up the kids for after school because uh-huh. of my work schedule, um, I do a Starbucks run mm-hmm. typically for, for pickup. And so I have the little breakfast sandwich ready for my little uh-huh. son, right? Yeah. So, and he has a, very, a favorite one. So that day, they didn't have his. They uh, ran out. God so, forbid. I know. So I had to choose a different <laughs> a different one. And so when I showed up with with the different breakfast sandwich— he said, Mom, you know I like the bacon Gouda sandwich. <laughs> Why couldn't you have gone to a different Starbucks to get it for me? Oh, yeah. And yeah. then I was like, whoa, uh-huh. you need to slow your roll on yeah. that. <laughs> like, yep. let's, let's just have, let's press the pause button for a minute and, and let me repeat back what you just said. Yeah. And then I actually said it that way. Mom, you know how much I love the bacon Gouda sandwich. Why couldn't you have gone to a different Starbucks for me to go get it? Yeah, and it and by actually pausing and and uh, restating what he said to me, he was able to kind of hear the entitlement oh. that was in it. Wow! You know? Because I, I think he he was like, "Yeah, I guess I shouldn't have said it that way." I'm like, "Yeah, guess you shouldn't have." So okay. you've got your choice, bud. You can either enjoy the reduced fat
0: turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Or you don't have to eat it. <laughs> right. Right? right, And by the way, be grateful that I just went to Starbucks, took some time right. out of my busy day to go to Starbucks to make sure that you got a snack after school.
1: Yeah, and it's actually some, you know, for me when I go, it's it's to be thoughtful. Like, hey, right. I'm thinking of you. I know you guys like to eat a little something after school. Sure. And I love you. It's just my, you know, it's like a little a little love touch, so to speak, you know, with my kids. But when it becomes uh, expected. Right. And now they're entitled to it, right? which I think that's part of this problem that we're looking at when it comes to fostering respect or the lack of gratitude that we see in society. Mm -hmm. It's because there's just so many well-intentioned parents that want to show their kids, hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you. I want good things for you. But then we build up these expectations where then now they're entitled to it. Right.
0: Like, what's you know, well, what, what's wrong here that you're not giving it to me now? Right. Like, a, a special treat has now become, you know, something that they're entitled to. Right. Um, and it could be that because now I created even a regular routine with it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I have built up that expectation. Right. But right. we should, even if we build up a certain expectation of, like, I'm going to show up and, and give you something sweet here, it doesn't mean that you should not still be grateful for it. Right. Like fostering that, that thankfulness. I'm like, Mom, this is always so thoughtful of you to, right. to think of us and remember this on Tuesdays.
0: Yeah. No, that's a <laughs> – I think that's a, a, a story that resonates with many parents. And I think that we've become the chauffeur and the cook and the housekeeper and their, you know, event planners – you know, it's it, it's going back to that topic of entitlement, which is such a big topic right now, and something that I think a lot of parents are concerned about with their own children. It's like, what what are we what are we doing wrong, <laughs> and how do we fix it?
1: I think delegation, you mm-hmm. know, kind of speaks to me when you were listing off all the different things that parents do in the, in their homes. In fact, oftentimes when I would uh, meet with parents that really struggle with kids that lack motivation at home to do get things done. Mm-hmm. I will actually say, let's list off all the things you actually do for your home mm-hmm. okay. And so okay, they're paying bills. They're you know taking care of the garden. they're uh, loading and unloading dishes. they're doing laundry. I mean, the parents are doing everything in yeah. their household. Yeah, all right. What are your kids doing? They're doing homework. Yeah. And uh, they're brushing their teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, they don't make their beds, right? Yeah, and sometimes they still need help with getting dressed.
0: Right. <laughs> in the
1: morning. Wow! Right, so they're really contributing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lack of contribution yeah. because we're actually giving less, less uh, chores or less less things that we expect from our kids. We expect more of ourselves or from ourselves as parents. Right. But we're actually giving less to our kids to, you know, to be capable of and to be in charge of. Right. Less responsibility. Less responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we have kids that
0: aren't thinking in terms of responsibility.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And not thinking beyond themselves, which I think is part of the problem, too. It's kind of this little narcissistic world (laughs) that we're creating. Um, too. It's it's all about me and my needs and um, not thinking about what your dog needs or someone else in the family might need help with or helping your mom and dad with dinner, you know. Um, yeah. You know what I
1: thought was really cool? Because I had the opportunity to be a part of um, a scholarship committee where we mm-hmm. were handing out a scholarship to senior girls uh, that were deserving based on leadership, philanthropy, and academics. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that we asked uh, in the application process was, um, what do you do to contribute to your home life? Mm. And the stories that we got back were always like, well, I'm watching my younger siblings on a regular basis because mm-hmm. my mom's still at work. Um, I have to clean the house regularly because... My mom or dad has long hours, you know. And so there was a lot of extras at home that these girls, that these exceptional young women were in charge of on a regular basis um, that really distinguished them from other students that we saw in the application process. Mm -hmm. So it's almost, have you ever heard that saying, you know, you give a busy person more things to do and you'll get it, you'll see it get done versus somebody that doesn't have very much to do? Very true. It's like when you expect more from your children, then they can actually show up in right. a bigger way. Right. You know, um, I know Amy Chua gets a lot of slack as like the tiger mom in Chinese parenting methodology, right? There is an assumption of capability mm-hmm. that's built into the culture right. when raising children. And in Western culture, we lack that. Right. We often think well, how can we accommodate certain needs? Uh, because this person has this problem or this person has this challenge. And so we're constantly trying to buffer. And then kids don't have to rise to the challenge. Right.
0: Well, and I do think that um, our very overscheduled lives contribute to this problem because I think that parents feel that their children don't have time for any of the extras. They don't have time to contribute. I mean, I feel like kids aren't work. Teenagers don't work as much as, as they did when we were growing up. I mean, I started working when I was 14. Right. And um, had two jobs in high school. I don't think it's I've I've talked to so many teenagers, they don't work and a lot of them won't even babysit on the weekends because they have so much going on. And they're so busy with their homework and their social lives and their sports that they, they they don't have to work. And I just I think they're, that that's sad to me about that is that they're missing a really valuable lesson on responsibility, money management, and and in, in the empowerment you get from having your first job, mm-hmm. um, which I think is so important. So I, I was talking to somebody whose child went off to college. He's he's just about to finish his first year of school and he's coming home this summer. And I said, Oh, is, what's he gonna do? And she's like, Oh, he's just gonna hang out all summer. And I was thinking. OK, like what happened to getting a job or, you know, volunteer yeah. or if you're not if you don't need to work, you don't the money's not an issue. Um, then volunteer, do something. um You know, I, I, I think that that's that's part of the problem. If they're you know, if you don't have any extra responsibility besides what pertains to your own life, then it's hard to think beyond yourself and and not get caught in that entitlement cycle. Yeah, because also when you have more
1: responsibilities, it fosters a level of gratitude for the money that you're making, how you're going to spend it. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you ever seen, you know, a child that has earned their own money for something and how tight they are to spend in those
0: dollars (laughs) compared to your own? Yep. It's so true. So true. We give the kids each three jars. I think you're probably oh. familiar with this philosophy mm-hmm. where it's one save, one says spend, and one says give. Mm-hmm. And you... Unspoiled? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Unspoiled. Um, very good good book for this particular topic, actually. But it's, you know, it's supposed to teach them uh, the responsibilities of, of their, of spending, of course. And I think, it, I, I hope that it's fostering gratitude too. What are you seeing in your kids so, then? Well, I think they're this. really, they're really thinking twice about how to, that spend jar. Cause there's not, you know, it's not a lot of money. You're not supposed to give them a lot, but you know, they really are, and you're not supposed to encourage them one way or another, how to spend it, We're Just how, if they want to buy something, like my son always wants to buy Pokemon cards. OK, that's his money if he wants to spend it on Pokemon cards. But then when he goes to check out and sees how much those Pokemon cards are and maybe only has a few dollars left in his spend jar, he kind of goes, oh, wait, maybe I don't want those Pokemon cards. You know, it's like yeah. it's I so I do think there's a lot of benefits to, to this method. And then I love the give jar because that one is meant purely to give to some sort of charity of their choice. hmm. Which is really important to me in parenting and just in my life in general. Um, just especially f- to to give back to the community yeah. and not just with money, but also with your time and energy. But you know, for kids to see that there there are people that have so much less than they do, and what a difference that that money in their jar could make for those. Those people or even animals, like my kids, my kids sometimes choose to give it to a, a animal shelter. Oh, wow. But so how do they um, go about selecting
1: the, the nonprofit? Well, well we to... kind of
0: talk about it. We kind of discuss the different options. And, you know, we talk about what resonates with them, what they're passionate about. And a lot of times it does have to do with animals. And, you know, we talk about that, too. Like, we can't be in for animals all the time because there's Mm -hmm. people that need help, too. Well, I know, you know, because I'm on the other edge of it now with my
1: oldest being 18. Mm -hmm. She just turned 18. And so we were part of an organization called National Charity League. She just Mm -hmm. graduated out of it. And we had the opportunity to participate, volunteering at about 24 different charity organizations that are local to our Orange County area. Mm -hmm. But the one that uh, my daughter, there were two that we really loved was Down Syndrome Association of Orange Mm -hmm. County. And then for myself, Someone Care Soup Kitchen. Yes. And to go in at 7.30 in the morning and and work a shift at the soup kitchen and to, still gets me emotional. When I see the children in the line for the food, you know, and to prepare those plates, Or, you know, one day I I think I made six trays of like uh, turkey fried rice, (laughs) you know. And there's hundreds of people that are coming through that Mm -hmm. soup kitchen and they rely on on it. And there's, you know, uh, there's one particular woman that I met one day and she goes, I remembered the soup kitchen because I used to volunteer here. Mm. And then I lost my job and I've been living out of my car for the last few months. And so I remembered I could get
0: a meal here and it just was like wow you know yeah. you really felt like you were doing something You're making a difference in our lives oh
1: absolutely absolutely yeah. but especially when you see the children for me that's always that's always really rough um, but also the flip side of it for older kids that are volunteering there because you have to be about 15 years right old and up to see that is mm-hmm. very eye
0: opening about the kind of life that they have yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, something that I'm very passionate about, I'm proud of, our school um, has a, a service program that we've created in the last few years. And it's, it's actually grown because there's been such a positive response. And um, that was my job this year on the PTO was to be the um, vice president of a community service. And it's been so gratifying to watch these kids. We have the organizations come in and educate the children on what, what they do and um, whatever the issue is and what we, how we can be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And then we give them a, a hands-on task so that they really know, feel that they're contributing and helping out. And in the fall, we did a program called Blessings in a Backpack, which was wonderful. And What we, happens with Blessings in a Backpack? So we um, packed bags for children to take home on a Friday. So that they had uh, food to give their fam- help, provide food for their family for the weekend. These are children living in situations where food is scarce, and, and 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 the part that we really tried to to hit home with the kids was that this this school is like ten miles from our school. People down the street that don't have enough to eat, and kids that are their age. You know what I would add to that though mm-hmm. is that because. From what I saw
1: in the statistics, I think it's 10% of our local Orange County
0: mm-hmm. uh, population of mm-hmm. children that go hungry on a regular oh, yeah. basis. Yes. An issue, too. We, and we also talked to the kids about how hard it would be to sit through school all day with not enough food in your tummy yeah. and how hard it would be to concentrate and to take a test and get your homework done if you didn't have enough food to sustain you. So it was, it was really a great uh, conversation. I loved listening to what the kids had to say. I loved watching them participate in the packing. They each got to pack two bags.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then in the spring, we did a, uh, another one for homemade, which um, helps the homeless of Orange County. And we packed bags for homeless babies. Oh wow! So babies that are living in families that are either in shelters or maybe even on the streets, and they don't have basic necessities like diapers and wipes and things that we all take for granted. Yeah, because we can just run down to Target and pick up. So that really hit home too to think about such a concentrated area of not just fam, not just a, an adult being homeless, but the fact that there's. Babies, young children living in situations where they may not even have a, a, a fresh diaper. It's been a really it's – it's been a great program. Clearly, it's been really well received by a lot of parents, I would think. Definitely by the parents, by the administration, by – our student body. But then how do you think it does impact the kids? Well, I hope, I really hope, it's going to make them more grateful for what they have. See, I think so. when we
1: go through volunteering, such mm-hmm. as like the soup kitchen, or making a backpack for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a homeless child, right? the post-conversation with your kids are really important. What did you think about that? Right. How uh, You know, how did that right. make you feel knowing that you had to put diapers in you know this backpack for a mom to take care of of a baby what do you think that's like for that mom so we're really trying to develop some empathy some sense of other absolutely what it might be like in in their situation
0: i mean in empathy i think is the antidote (laughs) yeah i mean really it's it's what this world is lacking right now and it's i think if we can teach our children empathy we can teach them everything i mean to me that's to think beyond yourself and think about people less fortunate than you. I think that is the most valuable lesson that you can teach your kids. And it's not always easy living here. We almost live in a little bubble. Yeah, of, absolutely we of do. Affluence and abundance and and when you're a kid that's all you know. And and we're we're lucky for that. But I think it's having those conversations, I think it's exposing them to to people and situations that are maybe a little uncomfortable and there are
1: actually a, a lot of organizations in our area at least that you know we, we can create volunteer opportunities right with um, for our families and, and for communities. I'm thinking of share ourselves as well. Yes is another great organization when they do uh, an evening um, intense to mm-hmm. to understand what it feels like to be homeless right? Right. and they you know sequester a certain area where you're you're in a tent and you hear the the streets you know the sounds of the cars and wow this
0: is what it's like to you know yeah. to not have a house and sleep outside we did an event there i took my girls and some of the other families went from school too where they invited families from the community because like you mentioned, a lot of these organizations, it's hard to find hands-on activities for young kids because right. they just can't – liability reasons, they just can't have them there. So um, it was the first time I've ever done this, and I hope they do it again because it was such an amazing event. But they had stations set up, and one was like, you know, uh, packing toiletries mm-hmm. for homeless. Another one was um, organizing the canned food that had been donated from different grocery stores. There was – oh, we made blankets. They had blankets that we, we helped. Uh, tie together. I don't know if you've ever seen those yeah. blankets that you you can kind of you cut slits in them and you tie them together and make a really warm blanket to give to somebody that is uh, potentially living on the street. So, and the kids hopped around to the different stations and there was a brief communication at each station what they were, the reason why they were doing what they were doing. And I just feel like they walked out of there. And we, I, th- I believe it was right before one of the, it was kind of during the holiday season. So, which is, I feel like an even more important time to, to express that to our kids when everybody's receiving so much thinking about how much we can, how much we can do for people that don't have as much as we do. Anyways, it was, it was a beautiful event. Yeah. Yes. Back to just one little other um, thing I wanted to mention is we tried to find books that, uh, children's books that communicated the message to them in an age appropriate way and I was really amazed at how many beautiful books there are for kids about hunger and homelessness Mm -hmm. and you know maybe that's something to a little you know added addition to your toolbox as a parent teaching your kids about empathy is, is reading to them stories exposing them to literature and maybe even documentaries about these cultural problems that we have um homelessness, hunger, charities in need. I think it's a political problem. Mm. It's an economic problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a mental health
1: problem as Absolutely. well because there's a certain uh, section of, of people that are homeless that are, have mental illness and they're it's not receiving the care, care that yeah. they've needed. And I know in the state of California, we've had this issue since the 90s when
0: there were yes. so many budget cuts on the care of even schizophrenics. In, yeah, in, there's hardly in our any state. mental and st- there's hardly any mental hospitals anymore. They've all been shut down. Yeah, so it's very unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, and even the day programs because yes. the
1: day programs are really helpful with, you know, just the care for the mentally ill.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I think that that is a beautiful solution, part of the solution for these kids with, uh you know, in respect to... Fostering gratitude Yeah, fostering for them. gratitude, absolutely.
1: I think another part of fostering gratitude also comes from people's faith and mm-hmm. how they use or uh, implement certain topics of their faith in their homes. Mm-hmm. So if community service or giving back, helping others is a part of one's faith. And for most faiths, Mm -hmm. I think it is. Yes, definitely. Uh, And often different temples or churches will have opportunities to volunteer or raise money for something or volunteer at at their church or volunteer out in the community. Take advantage of those opportunities Mm -hmm. for your family. Yes. I had met someone recently that had done a missions trip to an orphanage in South America, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were able to put together uh, a bunch of just medicinal things, things that were really helpful around a household, and then package it with their kids. And their kids were a part of, you know, putting all those all those pieces together mm-hmm. in the luggage. And then the whole family went out to uh, spend a week helping wow. at the orphanage. And the kids played with the kids at, at the orphanage. Uh-huh. Language was, you know, somewhat of a barrier, but playing kickball, there's mm-hmm. no language barrier yeah. with playing kickball right That's and so just,
0: impactful for them to, to so impactful to actually see where something that they're providing is going who it's going to right but the the faith of the family mm. was what
1: inspired a yeah. trip like this yeah which i think is really cool
0: Very that cool. you know
1: that you're you're blending in your faith but then also these different characteristics about uh, of what you want your child to embody so mm-hmm. somebody that really cares for others that is empathetic that that wants to uh, give a helping hand yeah and i think too a lot of schools are trying to build in character counts yep uh, or virtues as another way to to language this if you don't have a
0: faith absolutely please join us next time as we continue this conversation on respect and gratitude